Abad. Ready to go? Okay. So the next uh, piece of Hashkofa from Rav Moshe's Chuvas is a chuva which he wrote to Rabbi Ephraim Greenblatt. There are many chuvas in Rabbi Moshe's Svarim and Igor's Moshe to him. And Rabbi Ephraim Greenblatt asked him that there's a stira between a Gemara in Masechah's Tainis Dabdalid and a Mishnah in Agus. And the topic is the Kaas of a Talmud Chacham. Now we all know that Kaas is not a good Midah. The Kaas is called uh, And the Mephoshim explained that the reason that Kaas is is because when a person is in Kaas, we speak about blind rage. You know, road rage, blind rage. Rage is something that makes you lose your faculties, your ability to make distinctions, to discern things. You can do things in a rage that you would never do if you were possessed of your logic. And sometimes a person can hurt the people that he loves the most. And sometimes he can do something that he'll regret for the rest of his life. So somebody cuts you off on the road, you get upset, you get angry, you take a bat out of your car and you smash his window and you blind him because the glass goes into his eyes or whatever. So of course the person's going to be angry for a moment and then he'll be filled with regret, as I said, for the rest of his life. Kas is because it is the master that controls you and you do not control it. So we would assume that anger is something that a person should avoid at all costs. Nevertheless, and this is where the question comes in, and Lavdafka with the lotion of Kas necessarily, but it's the idea. So the, the Gemara says in Tainus Davdalit as follows. Davdalit Omer Aleph. First of all, V'Omer Rava. Rotach is to boil over, to boil. Now, usually a pot boils. When a person boils, it means that he's in kas. But it could mean also that he's very excited, very agitated. Maybe that's the best word for rotach. If you see that he's rotach, that he's agitated, it's the Torah that's making him boil over. Shenema, because a very famous posuk in Yemiyo Perek Chav Gimel, Chav Gimel Chav Tes, Halo kol dvorai ka'esh ne'um Hashem, u'kefatish yifotzeitz sela. My word says HaKadosh Baruch Hu are like fire. So when someone has that fire inside of him, he's boiling. Now, it could very well mean something as benign as being no, very no, excited no, about no, Torah. No, no. Could be very excited no, no, about no, learning. No, no, no. I don't know. There's two fans down there. I don't know if there's theirs or three, or if that belongs to them. The black could be very excited about learning. 
I remember in the summertime for many years, we were with uh, a certain Talmud Chacham who was very short, but his feet never touched the ground. He was so enamored with Reb Kiva Eger and the Ktsais and the Nesivas that the whole day he was talking about them, not about their personalities, talking their Torah. And he was levitating off the ground. He was levitating. His name was Rabbi Avram Broidin. He was giving a shear to youngsters in Torah Vedas, but he himself was a massive Talmud Chacham. And he knew the Ktsais and the Nesivas Baal Peh. Kivegas, he said, he, I, I remember the way he would approach me. Kivega, and, and he would start telling over what Kivega says. And I'm telling you, the man was short. He was six feet tall when he was talking about Kivega. And his feet were not on the ground. That's how bouncy and excited he was. The man was on fire. That could very well be the pshat. But it could also mean that it makes a person excitable makes a person agitated in a different sense. And from the words of the Gemara itself, would be mashma, that you have a question. That's what Rava is saying. You'll see it, and you're supposed to be you're supposed to be with edelkeit, you're supposed to be with gentleness, and you see a different kind of personality. So it's almost like if you have that question, so don't have the question. It's the Torah that's in him that's making him so so excitable. But he doesn't he doesn't say anything. He doesn't justify it, and he doesn't question it. Now it happens to be that the very next words of that same puzzle, like a hammer that can smash to smithereens a, a whole rock, a boulder. You take a patish and you give it a zetz, and all of a sudden the cella splits into many pieces. So if you're learning that the Torah is like a patish, you fight it, cella. You need to be a Talmud Chacham that's able, like a barzel, like a patish. A patish is a hammer made out of metal, made out of barzel, iron. And if he's strong like iron, that's a simonies of Talmud Chacham. Why? Because the Pesach ends, he's like a patish like a hammer that breaks the rock. This is Ravashi. Talmud Chacham has to be kosher kabarza. So we have Rava that the Talmud Chacham is Ratach, and Ravashi that the Talmud Chacham is kosher kabarza. Omalei Rav Abo Ravashi. Rav Abba said to Ravashi, not, not that he disagrees with him. No, on the contrary. But he says, you learn it from the apostle Kepatish, he fights it, you're the hammer that breaks the rock. We, Anan, we learn it from somewhere else. Where do we learn it from? Actually, apostle Kepatish, 
the Pesach says about the Milus of Eretz Yisrael, Eretz, Asheloi b'miskenus toichal b'lechem, right? Eretz, Asha'avoneho barzel, it's a land that its stones are like are steel. In other words, you have mountains and you have made mountains are made out of stone. What can you do with stone? Of course, you can build with stone and so on. But in the mountains of Eretz Yisrael, you're going to find barzel. You'll find iron, iron ore, and from its mountains, you will hew the Not just going to have stones. You'll have iron and copper. These are very hush of elements, very hush of minerals. So the mining industry of Eretz Yisrael is described here. You'll have iron and you'll have copper from the mountains. But meanwhile comes along Rav Abba, and he tells Rav Ashi, that we darshan the words Eretz, Asher Avoneho Barzel, right? Al Tikre Avoneho Eloboneho. That it's builders, the Tamid Chachomim Shabbat, that are called the builders, right? Tamid Chachomim Marbim Shalom Ba'olam, Shenema Rav Shalom Bonayach, Al Tikre Bonayach, Eloboneach. They are the bonin. Here's the same thing. Avoneho. So the boneho are barzel. So you learn kafatish yafotzeitzela. We learn aboneho barzel. One of the mafarshim um, explains where is the diuk from aboneho barzel that it's referring to Why should we want to say boneho? So he says, because of the contrast between the first phrase and the second phrase, we say, It should have said, And that would mean that you can mine barzel from the mountains, just like you can mine copper from the mountains. Since it says, it means that the Avonela themselves are barzel, but Avonela can't be barzel because Avonela is stone. Avonela can be granite, but it can't be barzel. So Avonela barzel means the Boineho are barzel. Who's barzel? The Talmud Chacham. So in the same idea called Talmud Chacham She'enoi Kosher Kabarzel that Ravashi learned from Kepatish Yifoytzei Selah, Rav Abba tells Ravashi, you take a learn from that posuk, but we have a different posuk in the Torah itself. I just want to make a comment before we even touch the question of Rav Greenblatt to Rav Moshe. Is there a difference if you darshan from this posuk or from that posuk? What is Rav Abba so, so interested in that you learn it from Kepati Shifaitz Sela, I learned it from Avonel Abbas. I'm thinking that maybe Rav Abba is adding something very fundamental about the idea. You see, a hammer is a tool. 
but it's not you. In other words, if you're learning from Kepatish, you fight it means that there's, there's a koyach in the Talmud Chacham that he's capable of breaking even the rock. So that's the idea that he's kosher kabarzel as a tool, as a hechetimtza as to accomplish something. But it doesn't mean it's his essence. It doesn't mean that it's inherent to his personality as a Talmud Chacham. Avoneha barzel, atikri avoneha leboineha. Boineha is barzel. The Talmud Chacham themselves are barzel. It's not just a tool. It's essential and integral to his personality. So when Ravashi said, I suspect he was talking about how he relates to people. He acts in the manner of Kosha Kabarzal. But when Rav Ab said it, he said, no, 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 even that's who he is. Now, something else. In the Pasuk from Yemiyohu, it speaks about Torah. In the Pasuk of Eretz Hashah, it's very interesting. Boneho are the Talmud Chachamim. But it means the Talmud Chacham has to be that way because he needs to accomplish what a Talmud Chacham needs to accomplish. And, and, and it's very interesting. Rav Shlom Bonoich, that we say, and this pasuk, that it's very interesting that in both cases they're called boinim, the builders. And I that the pshat is that there's certain aspects of Talmud Chacham that require that particular Hello. quality. Yeah. David, how are you? Are you Please mute. So, Abuneho Barzel. I don't have the Kayak to mute the island. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. So what I'm saying is that the idea of Avonah and Al-Tikri you're looking at the Talmud HaChomim as builders. That's the point. Now, there, there are many ways of looking at this idea of building. But if you look at a Kipshutai, a person can sit and write Chidushe Torah. It doesn't have to be Kosher Kabarzal. If the Pshat of Kosher Kabarzal means strong personality. If you want to accomplish, then you have to have a strong personality. So perhaps also the difference between Rav Ashi and Rav Abba is what are we accomplishing? Before I said that Ravashi says it's just a tool. So we'll see soon in Rav Moshe's Torah that the tool is to inspire people to accept your halacha. 
to to accept your perspective, to understand that you're the boss in Torah. And that fits very well because the passage begins, It's talking about Torah. But they build, they create, they build moistus, they build they build communities, they build batemedrashais. That's the leadership aspect that's being referred to. It has to be kosher kabaza. Now you know very well that when the Rebbeinu Shalom was speaking to Yoshua, he said to him, "Chazak ve'amatz And before that, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu said to Yoshua, "Katotovoi Now, "Tovoi esoam." means to go with the people. Toviyasa means you will bring the people. What's the difference between the two? Moshe Rabbeinu said to Yoshua, you want to be a good leader? Be Messiahites with everybody. Make it a team effort. Don't make them feel that you're balabatifing over them. You do betzafsa, b'yachad, you'll be matzliach comes along the Rebbeinu Shalom and he says to him, no, you're the one. You make the decision. What's the lotion that Rashi brings? Take a stick. Hit them over the head. There couldn't be two opposite visions. I remember once I was in a place where the rub was, uh, his father was a rub. And this was the young Rav's Hanukkah's ha, ha, habayis of his, of, 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 what do you call that? He is, is uh, uh, when, when he's brought into the shul for the first time. There's a, there's a word for it uh, in English. Installation. You know, installation. It's interesting. Installatia in, in Hebrew in Israel means the sewer. The, the plumbing. Installatia. <laughs> but, but in English, He's installed in the in the in the position. So the father was speaking, and he quoted these two Mahalchim, and he said, "Isn't it a stira?" And he was trying to explain that a rub has to be both. He has to know when to be misyayets, and he has to know when to hit them over the head. But what I'm saying is, the bonayich requires that a person should be strong, because you have to go sometimes against the tide. Sometimes you have to. Force people to be maskim, to do, to create, to build. Fundraising is very hard to be when you're a lemel. You need sometimes to twist arms and to pull strings. That's the bainayich of Eretz Asha Avoneha Barzel. So that's you have to be kosher kabarzel. But Ravashi was saying in the Torah itself you have to be kosher kabarzel. Because people have to listen to you in your psakalocha. So with this background, I would like now to go to the tshuva itself. So he asks him the question. This is the question. He says to him, in the Gemara, in Masechus Tainis Dabdalid, there is, there are a number of pshatim on Ravashi's statement, but there happens to be on the side of the Gemara, Rabbeinu Gershom Ma'or HaGoyla, and in the Pirush of Rabbeinu Gershom or Agoyla on that question called Tamit Chocham She'enu Kosher Kabarzel, Enoi Tamit Chocham. You have to be Kosher Kabarzel. What does he say? Shu Enoi Kosher Lirzais. You can't 
calm him down so easily. You can't mollify him. He's kosher kabazel. He's hard like a rock. He's hard like a like like steel. He's tough as steel, tough as nails. Right? If he's not kosher if he's not, if he's appeasable, he's not a tongue chacham. That's the strangest thing. But it says beferish and pirke others. Perikei Mishnah Yud Aleph, a chosid is kosher lichos v'noyach lirtzos. He doesn't get angry, and on the contrary, it's very easy to appease him. It's very easy to calm him down. It's very easy to to give him to, to let him give, forgive, and forget. And in fact, the Rambam also says that one of the simonim of the Talmud Chacham in their love of them, shaymim charpasim veinam mishivim. Then they love him. Uh, they could be humiliated, they don't respond. So how can Rabbeinu Gershon say that if he's a person that's easily appeased and easily calmed and, 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 and that he's not a Tamad Chocham? Tamad Chocham has to be this tough guy that you can't ruffle his feathers. That's what it sounds like. And in Pirkei Ovin said, Pum Fekat, a Chosid, Chosid, Tamad Chocham should be a Chosid, is Noyach Lirzos. He's easily appeased. It's very hard to, 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 to irritate him. And, and, and if, if it happens, he, f- he forgives and forgets right away. This is the kasha that Rav Greenblatt posed to our going Reb Moshe. So he says, And again, in this tshuva, not a very big tshuva, and at the end of the Truva, he speaks about some halacha inyan. But about this inyan, it's not a very big piece. But again, it's the same thing. He's always busy covering all the different aspects, all the angles. Everything has to shtim. So this is what he says. He says, the Gemara Masechah's Tainis, it speaks about kosher kebarzel liyos oimed al daitoi he says there are people that listen to a rav. That's a gavaldika kehila. I am Baruch Hashem zoyche to such a kehila. Here in Flatbush, they listen to the rav. I never tested it that I should tell the people to stand on their heads while they're davening shmoneh but Lamai said they listen to the rav. There's some places and communities where they don't necessarily always listen to the Rav. So now the Rav comes down with the Psak and, he, and he's, he's, he's insistent that the Psak should be upheld. And there are people that don't want to listen. So says Rav Moshe, such a person has to be Kosher Kabazo. And he has to force them because if I think that's really what he means. If he's, he melts away, there's a resistance. So he says, okay, okay. People are not going to say he's such a nice person. They're going to say that because the psak or the thing that he wants to accomplish isn't really so true. 
but he doesn't want to admit it. So Mamela, he kind of hides, he runs away. So Reb Moshe says, and I think Reb Moshe is talking about himself. I remember that somebody told me the following. Again, I wasn't there. I can't vouch for it myself. But the person that was describing it sounded like he was repeating it verbatim. This particular individual got into an argument with Reb Moshe about something that Reb Moshe wanted accomplished, wanted done, and he was resistant. He, he didn't feel that it was necessary for him to do it. So they were discussing back and forth. And suddenly Reb Moshe says to him, do you know who you are talking to? The entire Kadur Ha'aretz, Rechensach mit meine Psokim. Now, you, you, you would never believe to hear something like that from a person who, like Moshe Rabbeinu, was on of Mikolodo. Softest, easiest, nicest person that you could imagine. All of a sudden, he says, the whole Kadur Ha'aretz, the entire world, listens, listens up when I give my Psak Halacha. So you're not listening to me? What's the Pshat? The Pshat is, that sometimes you have to be forceful and aggressive. You have to be kosher kabarzel, because if it's important that the person or the people or the community should listen to you, you have to not melt away. So if you get angry, you can't go run around run to ask them, oh, I'm so sorry, I, I got upset with you. They have to know that you're upset with them, because otherwise they're not going to think that what you insisted on or what your psakalocha was is really valid in your own eyes. Because why are you giving up so easily? So this is Rav Moshe's pshat in Ravashi's Talmud Chocham has to be kosher kabazah. And if he's not kosher kabazah, it's a simon, he's not a Talmud Chocham. It's a gabi psak halocha, where there's a resistance. If he doesn't hit him over the head and stay that way until they yield, he gives in. He's noyach lirtzais. Then ain't no Talmud Chocham. And he says, that that's why has to do with his Chochmah. Because Jezeu HaTam, Shebozeh Yasu, right? Sheyomru Olav, Sheeno Tamet Chochmah. In other words, if he retreats and he suddenly is Michael everybody and he says, let's not fight, it's okay. So they're going to say, because he said a psak and he's going back on his psak and he doesn't know what he's talking about. So that's what he means, they're going to say that he's not a Talmud Chacham. And therefore, you're not supposed to be Saimech, you're not supposed to reckon with any of his Psokim or any of his Hanhagas. And that'll be, of course, a disaster for the whole city. And that, he says, is what Rav Abba meant as well. He learns that from Avoneho Barzel, Altikra Avoneho Boneho. Right? He says, Avonel Barzel, Talmud Chokham has to be like Barzel. If he doesn't, then he's not doing what he should be doing. The Ravashi said, Eino Talmud Chokham is the Toyelis that people have to learn from the Rebbe. And that's why, by the way, just coincidentally, he doesn't mention it, but Chazal tell us Zroik Mara Betalmidim. I remember once I had a very, I must tell you this story. 
I had a minig years back. There was a pizza shop across the street that when I had a new Talmud or a Talmud that needed a little bit of chizuk, a little bit of warmth, I would ask the Talmud, you know what? After Shear, come and have a cup of coffee with me. I would sit down. It was very gishmak. And the, the Talmud relaxed and he felt good about himself. And it was an opportunity to be makar of him in a very nice way. And uh, it was a big tayelis. It's a big tayelis for them. One day, one of those very same Talmudim comes over to me and he says, Rebbe, I have a question. The Rambam says in Hilchus Talmud Torah about Hanhaga of a Rebbe and a Talmud that a Rebbe has to be stern with Talmudim because can't be a captain. So if the Talmud really wants to learn and tries very hard, but it doesn't, doesn't, is not able to, you have to chazer nachamol or nachamol, and you have to be gentle with him, and you can't, can't be aggressive and nasty chas v'shalom. But what if you see that the Talmud chacham is, is, is sees the Rebbe sees that the Talmud is lazy, and that's why he doesn't. So then he has to give him over the head. And that's the Lashen Zroik Mora, put a bitterness into the Talmud. Zroik Mora B'Talmidim. Says the Rambam, because of that, the Talmidim have to be in awe of the Rebbe. And therefore, there's certain things a Rebbe can't do with his Talmidim. Now the Rambam didn't know that some Rebbeim play basketball with their Talmidim. So the Rambam says only that he shouldn't eat with them and he shouldn't drink with them. Because then they get too friendly. And they feel they're on the same level. And the Mela, they're not going to have that awe. If they don't have that awe, it's going to interfere with their learning. They have to have a psashtikl yirasakopit for the Rebbe. The Rebbe has to be on a pedestal. The Rebbe has to be up there. So this Talmud asks me, but Rebbe, you take us for a cup of coffee. You drink coffee with us. We sit at the same table together. What about the Rambam? that says you're not supposed to do that. So I told him as follows. I said, you're right. Rebbe has to be taka awesome. And therefore, you have to keep your distance. You have to be somewhere above and away. But I have to ask you a simple question. Lama Zodin, which happens from time to time, that a Rebbe had his own son in his shir. No, he has his own son in the shir. He's giving the shir. They come home, supper time. Did you ever hear that the father has to sit in a different room to eat supper because the son is his Talmud? And a Rebbe is not supposed to eat with his Talmud? So he says to me, the, the Bachar, the Yeshiva Bachar, my Talmud, who asked the question, he says to me, yeah, but that's because he's also his father. He says, that's it, exactly. If a Rebbe and a Talmud have a relationship, father and son, then he can eat with him also. What I was trying to explain to him was exactly this Nakuda, that a Rebbe has to be strong, but sometimes it's more important that the Talmud should feel that the Rebbe is his father. In a lot of these Chabra Balut they have wonderful parents. I'm not saying anything. 
but they're not from the parents. And they don't they, they don't have the whole Indian sitting and learning and, 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 and having a life of learning and, and, and all these mitzvahs. And, and, and they're very lonely sometimes, these Bachrim. And they come from who knows where. They come to a big place. And, and it's, it's hard for them. No matter how old they are, it doesn't matter. So they're 19, 20, 21, it doesn't make a difference. Until they get their Ezer Kenegda, they're alone. Sometimes they're mamish alone. The Rebbe becomes the father. But I digress. Rabbi Moshe is saying that the whole Gemara and Masechus Tainus is saying what? If you need to be strong because the people are resistant to your Psaka Locha or to your Mahalach and Hanhoga, and you need that Hanhoga to be enforced, then you have to be kosher Kabazal. And if you're not, they're not going to respect you. And you, you, you therefore will not be regarded as a Talmud Choch. It's exactly what Ravashi says. If he's ain't a kosher kabazo, they will see to it that he's not a Tom Koch. So he says, what about the Mishnah and Pirkei Avis? This, oh, the Mishnah and Pirkei Avis. Masnisen, the Avis, Mairi says, Reb Moshe, Bekas, Aldovar, Sha'osu, Shaloi Kehagen, Shehum Mefursam V'yodu Agam La'al. Very interesting. But Moshe does not want to suggest the simplest chat, which is that he got in cast because he exploded. He lost his he lost his uh, control. Because then you don't have to be a chassid for that. You shouldn't have been in cast to begin with. Stam cast is terrible. It's Avirabizara. So Moshe says, obviously, this cast has some justification must be angry because they did something. So he says like this. When people do something that's egregiously wrong, it's obviously wrong. You can remain silent, but on the other hand, you don't have to overdo it because the oil chaps to begin with that they did something wrong. They just need some censure. They need, they need somebody to, to give them Musa. Well, you give them the Musa and you stop. There's no reason to reinforce it. There's no reason to maintain your position because they know themselves that they did something wrong. It's Mefursam Lakoil. Even the person that did the wrong thing realizes he did something wrong. So therefore, even if he's Noyach Lirzais, no one's going to think that the Rav agrees with that fellow that did the Avla, that committed the crime. Because everybody understands it's a crime. So he's, he, 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 he expresses his, his anger, he expresses his, 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 his objections, but then he can calm down. And he shows Fakert that he's a Balmadrega. And that's Kosher Lichais for Noyach That is the, the upshot of Reb Moshe's distinction. Reb Moshe also, interestingly enough, involves himself in the Rambam in the same tshuva. And the Rambam seems to be a stira. 
between what and what? Perek Aleph of Hilchos Deus and Perek Beis Halacha Gimel of Hilchos Deus. Perek Aleph Halacha Dalit steer it to Perek Beis Halacha Gimel. The Lecha Mishnah talks about it. So he says like this. He says in Perik Beis it says, "Bi'lamid atzmoi shloyichais vafilu abdaber shavoi lichais alav." He should he should learn not to be koyes even on something that it's appropriate to have kas about. Now it's very interesting. Ravina in that same Gemara, I stopped short of Ravina. I just mentioned Rabashi from Kepatish Yifot that he has to be Kosher Kabarzo. And I also mentioned from Ravaba, from Avanela Barzo, from the Pasuk and Akev. But comes along Omar Ravina. He sounds like he's disagreeing with them. Afilu hachi mi boile le'inish le'melaf nafshei b'nichusa. Shenema v'hoser ka'as milibecha. Pasuk in Kayamus. Perik Yudalim. Person should be noyeg with gentleness, with softness. Sounds like Ravina is disagreeing with that. So Rav Moshe wants to know. So what's the pshat in Ravina? So he says, since he says Afilu Hachi, it's not mashma that he's cholik on Ravashi. So what, what? So what is he saying? So he writes. He says, if they are not aware of the Indian that he's persisting to push, he has to push even more until they accept it. And he can't simply say, okay, it's all right, because then they'll not learn anything. Abel. He, he has to figure out Aetzis before he, he he gets into the mode of anger and 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 if for the right reasons, anger for the right reasons. But before he gets into that mode, maybe he could figure out another way of, of accomplishing the same thing. That's what he says. Ravina is suggesting because the pasuk says in, and, and it's very interesting. If someone would ask me, why does Ravina say that? So I'll give you an analogy. Very interesting analogy. The Gemara tells us, Masachas Yivamas, Samach Bey, that Rav had a wife that was very difficult. Everybody knows the story that Rav's wife, for some reason, she, she, she didn't like the idea that she had to take care of him, maybe, that she had to feed him. Whatever it was, she decided that if he asks for bean soup, she's going to give him chicken soup. And if he asks for chicken soup, she's going to give him bean soup. (coughs) And that's how she was irritating him. And it bothered Rav. Now, Rav had a son, Chia. Chia was watching this, and he sees the Mahalach, and he says, I'm going to do something about it. He says to himself. He goes to his father and asks his father, what kind of soup do you want? 
The whole thing is very interesting. Rab is interested, this soup or that soup. Huh? What kind of soup do you want? He says, today I'd like to have chicken soup. Goes to his mother. He says, I got a message from Tati that he wants bean soup. She says, no, to herself, uh uh-huh, he wants bean soup, chicken soup. Comes and he brings the chicken soup to his father. Rav's very excited. Oh, I'm asking for chicken soup. She's giving me chicken soup. He says to his son, Chia, you know, Chia, she improved. So Chia says to Rav, his father, I switched. He told him the whole story. He switched it around. She hasn't changed, but he solved the problem with my son. Now Rav gets what he wants. So Rav first gives him a compliment. He says, the youngsters are smarter than the old ones. You're smarter than me. I could have thought of that a long time ago. And then he adds the following words. The athletes have it hockey. Don't do it again. Shenemar, and he quotes a pasuk, limdu lishonam daber sheker. They trained their tongue to speak falsehoods. So I believe that some of Farshim ask, why doesn't he bring the pasuk from the Torah, midvar sheker tilchak? So some say that midvar sheker tilchak is only by Dayoni, not merely the Alma. But others say, and I think that that's the, probably the, the right chat regardless. Midrash HaKetichok is a question, did you lie at this particular moment about whatever it was? And sometimes there's an Indian, Mishana Mipteidakisholim, sometimes you have to lie. But when you do it on a regular basis, you train your tongue, because this with the soup, if it only happened once, wouldn't help. So it happened once and twice and three times and four times. Before you know it, you learn that lying is a good mahalach. That's why they quote that pasuk, because that pasuk says you train your tongue to speak lies. A person starts to lie on a regular basis, even if it's for the best thing in the world. But he becomes a liar. So I was thinking that it's very similar here also. Enochanami. Kas. You want to hammer something, it's necessary. But you know, when you do it constantly, you become a kayas. And you also lose your respect for your kehillah, for your talmidim. Because if you have to be that way all the time, that it's a simon that you're not, you're not naturally inspiring them. You're not getting through to them. And there could be a resentment on both sides that's hidden and obscured it may be even subconscious. So what does Ravina suggest? He says, look, the best thing is to be soft and gentle. Dr. Moshe, is he disagreeing with Ravashi? He says, no. He says, if there's no choice, you have to be tough. How tough? Kosha kabarzo. But maybe there's a choice. Look for the ways to accomplish it that people will accept what you say, but at the same time, they will love you for it. And that's what Ravina is stressing, and he brings the posuk, 
Why? So that's what I said before about, about Sheker. Because it's very rare that it's going to happen once in your lifetime, such a thing. So you're going to develop a mahalach of kas. You, you, you're going to develop a resentment against them that's inside of you, and it's festering. So even if it's necessary, don't become their antagonists, says Ravina. So Rav Moshe says what Ravina means is, find another way. Avada you have to accomplish. And if necessary, it'll have to be with this kosher kabarzo. But it's not a mahalach. It's not an ideal that you should do that way all the time. The right way is to find an eitz. This is very, very interesting. Rav Moshe says, I think that's a very beautiful understanding. You don't want that the person should be corrupted by the need to constantly be rough and tumble, by the need to be constantly difficult. So the Rambam says that even on things that it's that's Ravina. And the, 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 nevertheless, nevertheless, if it's necessary, then he has to be kais. That's Reb Moshe's truth. It's very interesting. There is same question. In the Gvuras Ariant, Masachis Tainus. The Gvuras Ari is, of course, the Shagas Arya. Shagas Arya asks it from a different angle, not from a Mishnah in Avais, that Chosid is Kosha Lichos Venayach Lerzais. He asks it from a Gemarim Psachim Dav Samach Vov in the sixth period, beginning of the sixth period of Psachim. Kal Adam Shekayis, anybody that's Kayis. If he's a Chacham, the Chachma leaves him. So, based on what I was saying earlier, I would immediately say there's no, there's no contradiction. Why? Because there's a difference. It doesn't say in the Gemara in Tainis that a person should be Koyes. It says he should be Kosha Kabarsal. So toughness means you don't give in so easily. You, you, don't, you don't yield so easily. And that's what Rav Moshe was saying. You want them to listen to you and you want them to understand that you're serious about your psak and that you're sticking with it, then you have to give them that strength. You have to give, you have to show them your strength. You can't simply say, okay, let's calm things down. Everything will be all right. But if a person is not in need of conveying this to the island, Stammies and Kaz because they hurt his feelings or whatever. So But I, I wanted to suggest that there's a difference, another difference. When, when you have a purpose for Kaz, that means you're in the driver's seat of that Kaz. It means that you're not a victim of the Kaz. 
Like I told you before, road rage or any of these things, people do things that they'll never ever do. With a little bit of seichel. I, I do counseling. Recently, I have a couple. The lady is basically a wonderful lady at Sadekas. She does chesed, she davens, she's snuah, but she gets angry. And you know when she gets angry, she uses four-letter words. You know why? Because it's not her. There's a force that has taken over. She's been occupied by a dibuk for a moment. It's a dibuk of the day. And that dibuk doesn't know from Yiddishkeit, doesn't know from Torah values, doesn't know from anything. Just anger. I'm going to get you. And when a person is in that mode, for some strange reason, they use these kind of words. So Avada Gevis, the Gemara says, because when the person is angry, his 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 higher consciousness, his his his, his judgment faculties are bottle of So how could you be a chacham? So It's not a kashim. And it's very interesting. Sometimes that cast, even that cast can be the Shem Shemayim. I believe I told, I don't know which island I told it to because I've repeated this story so many times. But there was, you know, we're very makbid on talking, against talking in our base message, very makbid. And the oilum knows it to such an extent that I remember there uh, many, many years ago already. So the island was sitting by a kiddush. Not a person is saying a word to his friend, to the person that's sitting next to him. They're davening together for years and years. So I said to him, Rabbi, say, you're allowed to talk now. <laughs> you're allowed to talk. It's okay. And that's the matzah in our show. It's been that way for 35 years. No one talks. It's the Hebrew Shul. We're davening. Kriya Satira. No one talks. It's a sight to see. It's something special. Was it by mitzvah? I think I told the Eilam, but I'm just going to repeat the Nakuda that's my gang. So it was a bar mitzvah and some outsiders came, uncles, great uncles, whatever, and nonstop talking. Mamish, five feet in front of me. The first table after my seat, up front talking and talking, uncontrollable. And I'm making notions with, and, and motions and, and grimaces and, and I, 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 I'm making with my eyes and with my nose and with my ears and with my fingers. And it doesn't help. Finally, I exploded. I exploded. And I let them have it. I don't know, it was already late. It was around the lane. I couldn't control myself. My mamish exploded. And I, I delonged them. How you talking? It's Hashem's house. And all oh, I look good to Zach. It's a genuine cast. And then I realized, just a moment, I embarrassed them in public. 
Was it right to embarrass them? Not right to embarrass them? Was I entitled? Was I not entitled? I didn't make such cheshvayness. That particular bar mitzvah, we didn't have room for a kiddush. So the kiddush was somewhere across the street. I went with the oilam, and uh, this person, of course, was a karuf. It was a relative of the bar mitzvah bocha. That's why they came. Uh, they, they, they didn't come to me to talk. They came to the bar mitzvah because they were related, and then they talked. So I went over to the table where he's sitting making kiddush with his family, and I said, I was mavaza you in front of everybody. I want to ask Mechila in front of everybody. That's the Allah. And I asked him once, twice, or three times. He says, I'm not Mechul you. He was very, uh, must have been very offended. Or maybe Avdegana went to Hitler. I don't know. Maybe he realized that, you know, he was talking so much. So he went in the opposite direction. It's not he was wrong. It's the Rav who's wrong. I'm not Mechul you. He says for, 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 to put a little salt on the wound, he says, you know, if you call, this was Pesach time. I was a long time before Yom Kippur. If you call me on Yom Kippur, Erev Yom Kippur, maybe Erev Yom Kippur, I'll be in a mood to be you. That night, Matzai Shabbos, I went to my computer. I marked down on my calendar X number of months later, Erev Yom Kippur. I found it. I wrote down, call so-and-so. And the rest, you know, we go about our business and the days go by and the months go by and before you know it, it's already out of your people. I'm looking at my computer where I keep all the things that I have to do there. And there it is. Call him. I didn't hesitate. I dialed the number. I call him. Hello? Says, who is this? I said, it's Rabbi Khan. What do you want? <laughs> I see already that I'm, I said, well, I tell you, I, 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 I just am, am responding to your request. You said to me way back at the Bar Mitzvah when you were in my shul and we were at the Kiddush that you're not Moichel me, uh, but, but I should call you Arab Yom Kippur. All of a sudden, you saw that the person melted like butter. It was on the phone. I didn't see him. It's not Zoom. But I could feel, I could see his face. He was melting away. Rabbi Khan, he's such a soft, velvety voice. All of a sudden, he says, what do you want? It's Rabbi Khan, I didn't mean that you should call me. You called me? I can't get over that you called me. You called me. He couldn't, be, he couldn't stop saying it. He says, of course I'm Michael Yohan. Please. I'm. Anyhow, that was that. A couple of months later, it happens to be he was a very sick person. I, one of the ironies was that I was davening to this person every single day. He didn't know it. But I, he was nifter. I went to be Menachem I came into the Almana. She doesn't know who I am. But the daughter recognized me. So she says, oh, Ma, this is Rabbi Khan from the shul on East 17th Street Avenue J. Rabbi Khan. My husband loved you. <laughs> That's the end of the story. It's now almost four o'clock. But I have to tell you, what's my point right now about the story? It has a lot of parts. What's my point? My point is, I was right. You're not allowed to talk. But I was in Kas. They say, I don't know. 
but I was in Kass. At that moment, I was in Kass. At that moment, it wasn't the Kedusha, the Tara of the idea. It wasn't the Kedusha space Hamedrash. It was Pashit. You're not listening to me. And it's my show. And I killed myself to get the people not to talk. And you're messing me up. And you don't even care. It was all the Bain Adam Lechadveiru that was inside of me that burst out. Have to admit it because it's important to teach that lesson. And it was not a genuine, legitimate cast. It was the cast of the Gemara M'sochim. It was the cast of Im Tamit Chacham Hu, Chachmas and Mistalaka Seymet. That's not, says the Gevura Sari, the Shagasari, what it means to be Kosha Kabarzal. I was thinking that in general, Kosha Kabarzal means you have to feign cast. That's the best. You can't let go. You have to tell them and you have to tell them strong. But inside of you, you're the sweetest person still. It doesn't take you over. It doesn't, it doesn't start making your kishkas roiled up. It doesn't, it doesn't give you agita. You're calm. Inside, totally calm. Outside, you give them over the head. That is the ideal. When it is a need to be kosher kabarzel, is without any real cas. It's just the make-believe cas of a person that has to get his point across. Anyhow, Bezos Hashem Yisbarak, we will continue with the next thing, which is an entirely different Indian of the of, of Rav Moshe's tshuva. So if you're interested which which tshuva it is, uh, we're doing Arachayim Chelek Aleph, a variety of tshuvas. It's Chelek Aleph Simen Nun Dalit, 54, Simen Nun Dalit. To continue and uh, should be putter from this COVID. And maybe one day I'll be able to come down to, uh, to Boca in person. You never know. Looking forward to it. That's a session. Thank you very much. Yes, sir.